dialed in to Box and Brews, you might hear something you can use. Like tips on your cash or tips on the suds. You're going to want to use the smarts of these studs. Because they know the brews. And they know the box. And they know they can't help the stubborn fucks. So listen up, because shit's not funny. And save yourself some beer money. Bucks. And brews. Bucks and brews. And brews. Bucks and brews. Welcome back to Bucks and Brews. So, uh, we're going to take on the debt ceiling tonight, Nick. Yeah. Uh, we have Mike with us right now, and in about 30 minutes, <laughs> in about 30 minutes, the professor will be joining us. Yeah, really. I said so we always we always enjoy uh, Mr. David Seawick joining us. Um, and, and I'm going to say this, yeah, because I want to promote upcoming episodes. Please. February 11th. Yes. 10 a.m. Baseball, baseball episode. You were in that text. You were on that text. So you better put that in your thing. 10 a.m.? Yeah. As of, yeah, I should be able to make it. David and Daniel in studio. In studio. In studio. Both Seawick boys. Even better. Um, Is there going to be room? Because I was going to come in studio too. You'll be in studio too. We got room for five people. I got yes. a, a plug-in for five. And I say we have, we have a mic and we will be fine. Um, worst case scenario, we throw the thing in the middle and we have a conversation around a round table. And, and if uh, our new buddy, uh, oh, Chris, um, so anyway, uh, yeah, as what you drinking? Said, welcome back. Um, all right, so currently I am sipping on, uh, from your mountains to our bogs, spruce and cranberry IPA from Mobcraft Brewery. And Jagged Mountain Brewery, um, really awesome beer. Uh, you get the hint of cranberry on the backside. It's just a, a light, nice. And then we talked about the uh, the spruce, and you get a wilderness flavor. You know, mm-hmm. it's a uh, it's really kind of fun. It is an IPA, um, so you're getting that hoppy aspect of things. But uh, you know, I just I've never drank a tree, yeah. and uh, officially here I am. Um, after Actually, that, I, I'm I'm gonna do an apple lager, uh, lager with honey and apples again from the Holiday 24 pack, and uh, because tonight's episode is something for us, uh, I, I we I happened to I again it's just random. It just knew I wanted it for this episode. The episode is called Batshit Crazy Coffee Brown Ale with Lactose from Mobcraft. Um, re- really excited for some batshit crazy. Uh, well, a lot of things are batshit crazy right now. Myself. I am drinking water. There you go. It's it's a water night uh, in honor of the professor who's also going to drink water. Mike, what do you have? Mike also has water. There you go. So three waters and a beer. Yeah, <clears throat> I'll, I'll do enough drinking for us all. Yeah, Don't I'm worry, sure boys. you will. I got you. So uh, we're going to take on debt ceiling tonight and why it matters. And I think that's the thing is, is most people don't pay attention to it mm-hmm. because it's not a daily effect of them, right? Um, I'm not trying to be disrespectful. I don't think most people understand it and absolutely actually actually get what, you know, what's going on with this whole thing. So um, we thought it was important because, you know, I mean, really in the end, it affects, it affects our lives more than most people understand. Yeah. So, I mean, let's get into it. Of course, I have a lot of uh, facts to, to back up a lot of things and I'm, probably going to hammer republicans because this tends to be their hot button issue whenever a democrat's in charge yeah because they want to 
have the appearance of fiscal responsibility without actually having any fiscal responsibility. Um, so debt ceiling started in 1917. Yep. It was a way for Woodrow Wilson to help pay for World War I. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, he didn't have to always go to Congress to get money. He could borrow money to pay for the war effort. Sure. You know, and, and it's been raised many times over the years. Yep. Uh, that's just something that happens. And what people don't understand about the debt ceiling is this is not new spending. This is paying for the bills we've already incurred. So it's literally like your home credit card. Mm-hmm. You went out and you went to McDonald's and you bought a McChicken for a dollar. You went to B-dubs and you bought 10 boneless wings for 10 bucks. Yep. You know, you, you went to Meyer and you bought groceries for $150. And at the end of the month, you have to pay these bills. Yep. So you've already bought the goods. You've already bought whatever you said you were going to buy. You made an agreement Mm -hmm. that you would pay for this. Yep. So it comes to a point where you have this amount of debt that has hit this, you know, hard stop point. Yep. And your options are raise the hard stop point so increase your limit which happens on credit cards you know or you can default on your loan and and that's right like those are the options yes Um, right and so um just like a credit card and we'll compare this because i mean basically it is it's the united states of america's credit card yes i mean just with a shit ton of money you know Mm -hmm. um and you know we we look at it and okay the problem the problem that you'll have is it's not a big deal to raise the debt ceiling to get an increase in your credit card yes until you go purchase right because at that point now <clears throat> your your debt to income is off right if you go apply for a house which this happened to me this is true things i'm going to buy i don't know going to buy a house and my person goes hey your debt's income's off. And I was like, how? I don't have much. And he goes, well, to be honest, you have a $45,000 credit limit. And I said, yeah, but I've never used that credit card. And he's like, but you've been approved to be able to buy that. So you, in theory, have the right. Once you sign in the house, you could go pay 45,000 bucks for stuff and be in debt. Mm-hmm. So we look at it as already spent debt. I was like, man, that makes sense. So when you have a limit, that means you're approved. You can guarantee to pay that amount. That's what they figure you could pay that amount of money back. Yeah. Um, so, right, I had to go back to the bank and say, "Hey, I need this credit limit dropped." To actually, I, I think we ended up closing the whole card, but because I really just never used the card. Right. So, um, you know, when, when you have that debt to income problem, that's where you have an issue. So it, it usually it means you're growing and you're doing good, or it means the opposite of, "Hey." I'm trying to bail myself out by getting more credit. Well, you know, and of the four years Trump was in charge, yep. the debt ceiling got raised three times. Three times. And without too much of an issue. Yep. And for two of those years, Democrats were in control of the House. Mm-hmm. They did not hold the economy hostage to put a stop on raising the debt ceiling. And and people will fight you and, and hear it right. Yep. People fight you because, right? Otherwise, the world wouldn't be able to live. Because you know what? Um, we did get the the PPP money. We got the COVID relief money, and that came from 
um, Trump and everybody can say, Hey, it started whatever, but really, I mean, he had to approve the longer periods of it. And, yep. he, you know, he did, he did what he thought was fine. Again, when you go listen to our old episodes, you'll hear me saying, this isn't a great thing. We'll feel it so much longer because where the hell is that money coming from? It's, it's just coming from debt. Well, and debt ceiling got raised Yep. last year. Yep. I believe it was last year. It was one of the first two years that Biden was in charge because this is what year three it is. And uh, yep, 24, 24 will be the election year. Yeah. So in one of the first two years, I don't know if it was last year or the year before the debt ceiling was raised again. Yep. And now it needs to be raised again. Mm -hmm. The difference now is that Republicans control the House. And to get this job as Speaker of the House, McCarthy promised all of these fringe crazy idiots like Gates and Marjorie Taylor Greene pretty much anything they wanted because all he gave a shit about was being Speaker of the House. Mm -hmm. So, oh, man, wouldn't you, I mean, if you're making, what does he make, 150000 a year? Something like that. 250, like whatever it is, yeah. I think they make, I think they make 170, but yeah, something still. But, um, so we're now back to party politics, which does nothing good for the United States of America. No. All it does is, you know, add bullshit onto what everybody deals with anyways. Yep. You know, so I've had a lot of people ask me, well, why do they need to spend more money? It's not about spending more money. It's about paying the bills we've already incurred. Right. So, yeah. and they want to tie it to, well, you're going to have to cut spending if you are going to raise the debt ceiling, which, I mean, that's great, but all of the spending has already been approved. It was voted on. It was approved. Now they want to go back and say, yep, just kidding. Right. We're not going to pay for those things. And of course, two of the cuts they want to go after are Medicare Medicaid. and Medicaid and social security. And so, yeah. And <clears throat> right. Which is, and, and so I will, I will, I will say, right. Um, I've heard a couple of people, um, you know, oh, hey, you've given your whole life into this, into this thing um, and you've paid for it. And now they're trying to stop you from getting what you've earned. You've given the government the loan aspect and they're telling you, hey, you'll get this. But like you're, you didn't pay in what you'll be taking out. I mean, some people will because they'll die. But like, you know, it becomes that average. Right. Yeah. We we talked about that on a different episode. Right. But yeah, there are people that get more. There are people that get more. There are people that get less right. than. Um, but again, I mean, they they tie it to entitlement. Correct. But entitled, they made entitlement a bad word. Oh man! But it's not. You paid into this system. They said you would get this money back at X age. Right. They that, raised the age. They raised the age. Yeah. They raised they, the age, and that's what they continue to do. I sent you a TikTok the other day. France is having a shit fit, and the, and the citizens are revolting against the government mm -hmm. because they want to raise mandatory retirement age two years. Did you see this? I did not. You sent it to me? I did. I'm pretty sure I did. Yeah. You want to know what their retirement age is right now? 60. 62. Is it, so they and they want to raise it to 64. Yep. Citizens are rioting in the streets mm -hmm. because they'll be damned if they have to work two more years to get their money. Sure. And What's our retirement age, Nick? In theory, mine is probably 67. It's 67. What do they want it to be? 72 they want it to be at least 70 i've heard yeah. okay so so i don't know about you i'm not working until i'm 70 i'm not fucking working until i'm 67 i won't be alive 
I might not be either. Right. Like, I mean, I, I better be retired by 60. Right. You know, and, and they, they allow you to take early retirement at 59 and a half with yep. so many fucking penalties. Mm-hmm. Right. Hey, congrats. You, you did well. Well, since you did well, you don't need me as much. Well, and I have to make sure that I don't need social security before 65. Mm-hmm. Cause I don't want to draw it until I really get to draw it. Right. Now if until I, you're forced to draw it. If I'm sick, I'll take it. Right. Um, and what is what is defaulting on the does that mean? I mean, if you default on your credit card, what does it mean? Right. At first, little. Yeah. Right. Okay. By that, I mean you're still okay. Like your credit score goes from eight to seven to to six to five. At five, you're still getting a car loan. You're still able to buy some shit, but not great right like you're gonna have high interest you're gonna people aren't gonna be willing to lend to you as well because you've proven you can't make the payment and of course you're getting fees now in the long period of time Mm -hmm. what does it mean bankruptcy yeah it means you have to have somebody come in and say hey we forgive your debt hey you know what we're doing well we've made a bunch of money off of other people we'll just wipe this shit for free cool Again, not hating on Trump because I I love to do that, but not as much as some other people, a.k.a. you. Me. Uh, ask how many times he's gone to bankruptcy. Six. So, right? Like, okay, so the rich people that we know have gone into bankruptcy. Yeah. The poor people have gone into bankruptcy. Yeah. The, like, so the difference <laughs> is, is, guess what? When you went into debt or when you were in bankruptcy, how much did you bankrupt? I think we wrote about 35000 35000 do you have any idea how much trump millions 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 he bankrupted a casino how do you do that exactly oh i watched a tiktok there was a guy who lost eight million bucks one day he was with john daly and somebody else and turned around and won 53 million and because they asked him to pay eight million in cash he turned around and said nope pay me in fucking cash for my winnings and they couldn't afford it so he bankrupted the entire casino for 53 million that's hilarious that's how you do it and so again um, anomaly but uh so glad you asked the question i'm glad i did too so you know when we're looking at what happens to the united states you know one of the things people need to understand especially if they're not from here the united states is the global power okay and monetarily as well everything is based off of a u.s dollar now even in in, okay so i guess i want to be i want to dive into that a little bit go ahead Everything is based off of our economy, our dollar. Okay. So when you compare, okay, so we have the Dow, we have the NASDAQ, right? S&P. Um, right. And so China actually has their own stock mm-hmm. exchange as well. You know, all, all major con- countries have a stock exchange for the country. Correct. Of You know, of some sort. And um, so, <clears throat> you know, so all of the currency is based off of what it would be valued off of our mm-hmm. currency, right? Um, and there are countries that their money is worth more than ours. Shit-tons. The euro has been higher than the dollar for years, right. and now we're finally catching back up. Yep, and Canada um, has always been lower. Always been lower. Um, it caught up really close at one point. Um, I don't know what it's, but so it's based off of the dollar, the, yes. uh, the, the dollar, right? The United States dollar bill. Um, you know, I was in high school and from the teacher that taught me the most I've ever learned. Yes. Do you know the fastest way to bankrupt a nation? How? 
uh, influx them with shit tons of money and they will, because then their money becomes useless. Yeah, I can see that. Right. So you go in and just literally give everybody that's poor, just so much more fucking money because then their money, their, their money becomes nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so, you know, I, I thought about that and I'm like, holy shit. If you bring the low up to the high, the high no longer has anything. Right. Yeah. So, um, yeah. it, it, Russia is a prime example of this, right? I mean, if you walk in, so the only people in Russia that have money are the government and, and of power, right? The rest of them, I mean, they're a communist party. They're told this is how much you get for food. This yeah. is how much you're They literally for. stand in line for bread. For everything, yeah. right? You're rationed with your stuff. And people don't believe it because they haven't seen it and they don't care to actually take this in. It's the politicians there and the oligarchs that have all of the money and all of the power. Right. So, yes, they have 10 bucks, but like you can't buy anything with that. Right. Like your basic life, but basic. Right. Um, and again, when you look at a com- at a country like Russia, yeah. how do they keep citizens in line? They keep them poor. Yeah, very much poor and educated the way they want them educated. Very. Um, and, you know, and, and some people it works. Right. I'm not going to lie about the fact there's people who are like, you know, what, this isn't bad. I'm guaranteed food. I'm guaranteed a place to live. I'm guaranteed work. You know, like, and and there's people that are just fine with getting by. Don't yeah, we are. Um, it's you know when I, you. I would say the three of us are not right. When you're in America and you have the opportunity, the opportunities we have to make, and that's why, I, that's why again I'm a little different than you guys because I take it to an extreme aspect of man. You have every possibility. I mean, literally, you have 24 hours in a day if. If you're not going to, I also don't value the health the way some people do. Um, but man, go out and hustle and grind and fucking do everything. And sometimes it takes a little bit to get lucky. But really, I mean, if you can go and, and sell and do everything, I mean, if you're just busting your ass all day, you're not going to do it off of selling a sub, right? Mm-hmm. Now, if you sell a sub and then you open another one, two people are selling subs and you're making a profit off of it and three people then you start hiring people that's how you have the ability to hire people to go sell subs for you and you're giving them a little bit and, that, and that's that's america you can take the, the percentage because you gave them a job right um that's the opportunities that i say that we have right um <clears throat> you either a have to find the sucker that's going to work for the price you're willing to pay or b again get lucky and and do it um so that you know that's that's kind of where I, I look at this is um we 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 as a nation, we as a nation are are have promised already so many of these countries, right? When we talk about other countries and their and their dollar, we've talked about this. Um, we've we've said, hey, China, we'll buy this much. We'll we've pulled a Walmart. I'll buy mm-hmm. the next. I'll buy shoes for me for the next twenty years. Just keep making them, right? Right. We, we've done this. We've promised it. So I want to look at some of the consequences Please. if we default on our debt. Yeah. <clears throat> so of course you know it just start off as a drop in the stock market yeah which normal people may not necessarily care because they may not have enough money to buy stocks but that causes a ripple effect in this country mm-hmm. and in other countries because that affects our ability to borrow more money mm-hmm. and to pay those bills we've already said we will pay um I guess, can you give an example? If not, I, I can for sure. Go ahead. Um, so, all right. When you, when you look at your personal money, mm-hmm. when you get, you want, you expect that you're going to get a raise. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
and the, the thing is, is everybody for uh, estimates say, hey, I'm going to get a 3% raise every year forever. Well, there's a point where a company stops paying you that 3%. You get angry. You get whatever. You stop growing in that type of, oh, I can't keep up with inflation. I'm topped out, blah, blah, blah. Well, your company does it because, hey, I am no longer going to get my value from you any more than what it is. So just like now our thing is we we import a shit ton. Mm -hmm. So we've promised all these. And so now these companies are going, hey, they're making uh, stupid numbers. 10,000 cars. Well, next year they're going to make 10,300. The next year they're going to make 10,600, yada, yada, yada. Well, so they're expecting a 3% raise. Now we've done this and we can't pay and we can't guarantee, oh shit, we're not making the extra 300 we thought we were going to make for profit. So the countries are doing this. And so you were sitting here going, oh, um, all right, back it up, back it up. Now we're not making the money we thought we were going to make because we're, we're not selling what we thought our projected amounts would be. Well, and not only that, do we really want to even fulfill the 10,000 we were going to fulfill because they stopped paying on it. Correct. So maybe we just don't want to give you any fucking cars and you can just kick rocks. Right. Um, higher interest rates for borrowers. Uh, Nick, we're seeing it. if you went to buy a house right now, what's your percentage rate? Uh, mine, I closed one for 6.8. A friend of mine closed one at 8.1. So high, high, it's the lowest I've heard and the highest I've heard, I guess, in theory. Because I love to bash Reagan. Um, let's go for a minute. Do you know what home mortgage rates were in let's say approximately 1981? 80. Just give me a ballpark. I, you know, I don't remember the year. I'm gonna say 14. I'm gonna say 19. 19. Okay, so yeah. Would you pay 19% for a house? Yes. Why? Because I would have bought it really cheap. Okay. <laughs> So it's would, not, would you buy would I buy houses right now? Would you now? buy my house at $130,000 at 19%? Uh if you use the number of 200, which is what I would assume your house is worth, I don't know. Uh no, my answer is no, right? If I if I went to buy a normal house at the prices they're asking right now for 19%, the answer is no. Uh if I'm <laughs> I love I love that people come on here and, and talk time, about the, the evolution of beard growth. Beard growth, because you go from me with a little bit to Mike with a little bit more to Nick with his long thing. Yeah. Um, I today. Thank you, Polar Knights. I I do appreciate those comments. We do love them. Um, no, but in 1981, were people not buying houses because it was 19%? No, they were. Everybody was buying a house right. because they made enough money to afford 19 they didn't care right and and we talked about it like it's one of my most annoying things a truck right now my 1981 look it up because i think it was 90s the truck was ten thousand. so back then a truck would have been what six grand maybe right maybe um my mother bought her pickup which was rear wheel drive in 1992 yep it was thirteen thousand dollars brand new brand new so off the um, lot and right now you're buying one if you're lucky for 60 Oh yeah, right. Um, so like that just goes to tell you. Um, so I'm no, I'm not paying 19% on the prices we have now because prices are inflated. Well, and again, in nineteen seventy-two, we bought that house in Plainwell. And I think it was like thirty thousand dollars. Yep. You know, it was some ungodly low number. And eight thousand four hundred and thirty-four dollars. For a truck in nineteen eighty one. Yep. And yeah. and uh four wheel drive was nine nine grand so yep. i was, I was pretty, <laughs> a, a, a regular size you know 
even like a large zoo, probably an 81 was $20,000 at the most. A large what? I'm sorry. A larger single family home. Oh, sure. Yep. Oh, it's, I mean, you know. But 19% on that, is it? I mean, it was still a decent amount of money for, you know, that amount. But given the fact that relative to what it is now, I mean, minimum wage was you know, significantly higher compared to what it is now relative to total cost for things. So, well, and you know, you get the boomers, which I rail on a lot that say, just pull yourself up by your bootstraps. I did it. You, you did it, but the percentage of pay you were taking home and the relative cost of things were so much cheaper now than, than what it is now. I mean, we yeah. talked on our last episode about, you know, millennials not having kids. They don't have kids because they can't afford fucking kids. Right. Uh, they can't move out of their parents usually until they're in their late twenties, early thirties. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and so right, I I go back to, to to the point of what you're what you're willing to pay for something and what it you know what it's actually worth. So now you're gonna make things worth less, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because people can't afford to pay it. So I'm, interest you said right interest rates will go up and they we've already seen that well and and the interest interest rates for mortgages went up to control inflation but this is for any borrower so yeah cars have gone up a tiny percentage sure but they're going to go up a lot oh man back back when i actually financed a car which people don't know about me uh we got it i got it for point point nine percent it wasn't even one percent so mine was two point right eight five i want to say i think now they're at three four yeah right like but they're going to be up at five or six. Oh yeah because they have to mm-hmm. and uh um you know i i when you talk to a financial person an mm-hmm. accountant specifically type thing do you know what everybody calls a cd what a cd is a certificate of depreciation is that what they call it every, like, every that's the, that's the joke of it right okay because, I mean, you're you're not making any money. It's funny because I got excited and I'm getting, you know, I get excited. Hey, I'm getting 4% on yeah. a CD. Inflation's at 7 to, actually, it's, I think, what did we recorded that for our inflation? It was 11% or something like that? It was high for a while. I think it's down around 6.5% sure. right now. Sure. But, so, I mean, I'm, technically a CD will never out-earn inflation. No. So, it's a certificate well, of depreciation. It's the same thing with savings accounts. Savings account rates go up yeah. when mortgage <clears throat> rates go up because they can give you more money to park your money there so they can loan out oh. more money. Oh, yeah. But when interest rates drop, so do the rates on savings accounts. Oh, yeah. I mean, but... And or checking. So, so, you know, no matter how much you think you're doing well, hey, I'm making a percentage, you're not outbeating what you need to make, mm-hmm. right? Um, it's just a more secure way to ride the lows out and then get to your highs. <laughs> so, so one of the things I like looking at is, you know, cause I hate Reagan. Um, I wanted to know how many times the Democrats have held the debt ceiling hostage. Sure. So actually they can trace it to three times. Um, 81. Okay. 84. Okay. 87. All before I was born. All under the Reagan. All during Reagan's presidency. Was it really? But do you want to know how they held it for hostage? For a couple, three days, they postponed voting on things. 
or they voted no for two to three days, True. not weeks and months, like what goes on now. Well, <sighs> at the point where the government gets shut down. Well, yeah. and, and that's okay. So like, I remember I, you know, because I was young and I don't love to get into politics. I mean, I, I hate hanging out with you because it's starting to bring me there. It does. Um, which is annoying because I, I don't, I don't, I don't love fighting about politics. One probably because I don't care to learn the education of it and dive in. I do it for these episodes. I do it for stuff. Um, but I will say the one thing that pissed me off was when Obama was in, right? I mean, we closed the government down because they went on strike because they're not voting because, you know, oh, hey, we're not getting our way. And I was like, fuck, if I didn't get my way, I would have been fired out of my, you know, like, yeah. oh, man, mm-hmm. Ooh, that's, you know. It, that, that that's the stuff that gets me right hey we're going on strike we're not we're not opening up any of this and it's like man if, if i could act like a child and still get my paycheck i'd do it all day every day that would have been uh john boehner speaker of the house at that point say <laughs> right um i love how i just know that right? <laughs> but you don't see the hate you know so, <laughs> so then you know then that starts me trying to figure out how right because i'm all about how to beat people mm-hmm. um and and I'm a fan of voting. I've never missed a vote. Uh, I never will miss a vote, right? Because I find it to be uh, one of the only things I can do with my power, right? Um, and then we start a podcast so our voice can get heard and hopefully do one thing. Well, you know, and one of the things they're talking about is if extraordinary measures are taken, they can basically push off the worst of this until June. June. So... If the debt limit is raised before the treasury runs out of cash, the financial markets will still suffer because of the, are you okay? Okay. Uh, Because of the, uh, uh, I lost my train of thought. Sorry. (laughs) The financial markets will still suffer because of the consequences of delaying votes or voting no or playing partisan politics here and and okay so um i hope i hope everybody's understanding what you're saying and i just put it into dumb people terms yeah okay um all right well kind of a quick example uh a quick example would be uh should i lend david ten dollars will he pay me back yes okay uh mike should i lend david ten dollars never okay right so never uh i personally will say yes okay so now we have two people well god there's one person that doesn't believe in you it's gonna be really hard for me to want to lend to you Mm -hmm. and so now if you have these nations that go well 50 percent of the fucking people wouldn't lend to the u.s 50 percent of the people say yeah go for it i mean you got to ask yourself what side do i and and if you're the conservative person you're like "Mm, i'm not going to take the risk you're not worth the risk you're not worth that you know what? We believe in you. We trust you. We're going to go for it. You always want to believe in the trust, but you have that. And, and, and governments do that. Like other countries, other nations, man, I'm not guaranteed I'm going to get my money, but I'm going to, I'm going to trust you or I'm not. Right. So that's exactly what you're saying. Absolutely. Just in, in dumb people terms. Right. <laughs> so uh, I'd like to welcome now Please. one of our favorite contributors, uh, the professor, Mr. Seawick there. Um, we have been well, talking for about 30 minutes before you joined on okay. that ceiling stuff. Um, so what are you drinking, my friend? Uh, I'm almost out. Wow. 
lime flavored sparkling water. It's still water. It is still yeah. water. Mike and I are also drinking water tonight. That okay. is not City of Lansing. It's not City of Lansing. It, it isn't City. I know. It's weird. Are you are you, are you doing okay? I am. I'm doing great. You, you must be in a really good he, mood. He needed, right? a, he needed yeah. a little bit of sugar for his teaching his classes. Yeah. Well, this this isn't even sugar. It's just, just carbonated water, water with like yeah. a tiny uh, bit of lime in it. So. One, of the, one of the bubbles in his mouth. Yeah. I get it. Yeah, he, he just okay. wanted some flavor. Yeah. So, um, yeah. well, what did I, uh, what did I come in the middle of? No, just <laughs> what, kind of what, am I, what am I wading into? Or we diving? were just kind of describing what the debt ceiling is and why people should care about it and what happens if we default. Yes. Yeah. And saying the last thing we were just talking about were, were if, um, if it doesn't happen, what are the negatives? So yeah. we, we talked about raising uh, interest rates yep. um, and we talked about stock market stock, crashing. Yeah. You know, stocks taking the hit and then, the, you know other other countries and nations having the impact of that they're kind of having so um we yeah, haven't gotten into too much to realize of dave was using a lot of like the big financial terms and nick was trying to make it the every man yeah let's say which that does tend to happen i do talk over people sometimes well and because i mean it happens to me quite often right like um i'm we talked about it reading aspect i'm yeah i want small words i want to put <laughs> Put it to me straight, right? <laughs> like, well, you know, if we do no, like straight. Yeah. Yes or no. That's uh, why we're a good good team here, because I can talk intelligently about it and you can dumb it down for everybody. Yeah. Not that you're not intelligent, but you can dumb it down for people where sometimes I just can't. Right. Because because like, oh, you should get this, you should understand this. And I'm like, nope, nope, you're you're up here. <laughs> Say. Well, I came in in the middle of what sounded like a really good explanation of of uh uh bond ratings and risk and why that's actually like important because yes if a lot if the u.s defaults on its debt if it's a true default i mean a true default we're in deep doo-doo to use a very unacademic term we're in trouble i mean because the the united states has from its inception been a nation in debt the u.s borrowed a bunch of money from the netherlands and the french and others to fight the war of independence i mean So we were a nation born in debt. And you know what? Every modern nation on earth has a debt story, many of them multiple. The thing that makes the United States unique is, and this is something that I, I really try to explain to my students now more than I did before, is people will tell you Uncle Sam's credit card, this and that. It is absolutely not anything remotely, remarkably close to you having a credit card in your wallet for one huge gigantic fundamental reason because you cannot put your fingers on your credit card and immediately every time you run out of money load that balance back up without moving that money from another bank account the federal government can and the reason why it can is because of faith in its ability to pay its debt because people think the government just prints money it's not actually what happened. So, Nick, the scenario you're talking about has a technical element to it. It's the federal government um, raises money by issuing bonds, like all municipalities do, right? These are federal bonds. It's a promise. It's like a savings bond. But the actual, the, the meat and potatoes of this, if you will, are what are called T notes, the treasury notes. And Dave, I don't know if you got into this or not, but I have not gotten into no, T please. notes. Yet. It's so basically the 
Federal Reserve. There are two players here. You have the Treasury Department and you have the Federal Reserve. And this is like really, really important understanding how the U.S. debt works and why there is a debt ceiling to begin with, let alone what it is. So the Federal Reserve is a bank. Think of it as a bank, a bank that Congress chartered a hundred and some years ago, 1913. And it's a bank that's really unique because it's a bank that exists on cash that it can order. Doesn't have to get me to deposit money into the bank account before it can loan you that money back and charge you interest on it. That's not how the Federal Reserve works, although it does that. And the Federal Reserve borrows money from other entities, sort of, because the Treasury Department is the one that has to handle the debt. So what happens is the T-note is the bond that the U.S. federal government issues. It's how it sells its debt. And it's debt for sale. It's bid. That's how the interest rates in the United States are set. The Federal Reserve has a, uh, they call it the bid window opening. And there are a handful of banks. It varies. I think there's like a list of 30 or something that they have to choose from. I think it's six on that list. Those bankers get to submit bids as to what the interest rate should be. And the Federal Reserve then selects the, I think it's the highest, I would think, or the lowest, one or the other, but they select whatever uh, data extreme point they're looking for, or extreme data point they're looking for, and then that's the interest rate. So what happens is that this is where the debt ceiling comes in. Because the Treasury Department is a federal agency and the Federal Reserve is not a federal agency, it is a bank. The Treasury is actually who is responsible for making the money. The Federal Reserve is responsible for distributing it. And that's like a really important distinction because the Federal Reserve is the bank then that controls the currency through interest rates, but then the Treasury Department has to actually issue the checks. So basically, the United States government is able to draw upon a bank by which it can authorize money to be printed to borrow against. That's how it works. Your credit card doesn't work that way. If you try it, you're going to find out quickly that it doesn't. Neither does your mortgage or any other loan you take out um, not your involvement in it. Loans are sold. Um, and when a bank sells its mortgages, sometimes it actually sells them to the a corporation the federal government started. Nick, you know all about this. But the, um, my point is... J.P. Morgan so, might own a few of mine. Yeah, so Congress has to authorize then the Treasury Department to borrow money. And people, for political reasons, Congress for years has played around with this as a political tool. It's only politics. This is an entirely invented American problem in so much as, in so much as the debt ceiling limit being a political item that has to be debated every year. Theoretically, any country with a similar financial system as ours, where the government borrows money on it, is going to run into a debt situation. But because the U.S. can print its money, it'll never, ever, 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 ever run into Greece. Unless, guess what? 
we default on the debt. Yep. Because if that happens, the money isn't worth anything anymore. Now, the promise to pay American debt back is why the dollar is worth something. It's not worth something because you can get gold for it. It hasn't been that way in a long time. Right. So once that, well, that doesn't get paid back. You're in trouble. What, one of the things you just said there hits it on the head. Our money used to be backed by gold or silver. And now it's not. Correct. It's just backed by our guarantee that we will honor it. It's our word, right? <laughs> it, a little more than that. I mean, it is our word, but our word is possible primarily because it, oil and other world commodities mm -hmm. are still traded in U.S. dollars, actually including gold. People sometimes call it the oil dollar. Yeah. And the Canadian dollar is the same way, and so is the British pound. They're all considered reserve currencies to some extent, primarily for that reason. They're very stable because they have the reality of either being the sources of a commodity traded or in the case of the United States, both the source and the dollar figure it's traded in. Mm -hmm. But again, that's all dependent upon the faith of the United of credit <clears throat> of the United States. So I, the only the last thing I'll say about this, I'll shut up, I promise for now, is the debt ceiling then is essentially Congress arguing about a bill that's come due after long after they authorized the spending. So this is where the analogy of a situation you might get in actually does come in. This truly is a husband and wife going to the store, they get the credit card out and they go crazy on a new furniture set and a new TV and all that good stuff. And then six months later, oh my God, how the hell do we owe $6,000 to MasterCard? And then they're going to argue about whether or not they're going to pay it, even though they're sitting on the couch they just bought with the credit card with the argument that's kind of what congress is doing right now this is spending that was authorized off a of prior budget yep. now they're going to argue about paying the bill when it comes to okay and let me say we we mentioned that kind of earlier was right it, it's it's already been spent yeah and now you're fighting whether we can spend it or not um and that separates successful investors from non-successful investors right um well i i do want to talk about borrowing for a second because sure I, I think this is a distinction that people may not realize if if they haven't gone through say bankruptcy do you know six months post bankruptcy being discharged you get credit card offers of course why because they know that you're gonna you can't declare bankruptcy for however long seven seven years seven years yeah i say of course they and would. They what know if they, that you're a spender. And they know that if you take that card yeah. and you do what you just did, yeah. you're on the hook for seven years seven of payments. Years. Seven years. Because there's nothing else you can do. Yep. You know, and, and looking at us as a country, are we a good gamble? Yeah, we've always been a good gamble. We've always paid the bill. Yep. Now, do we have more debt than we need to have? Of course we do. But, I mean, that's how average citizens live nowadays anyways. Do I have average debt? Hell no. I don't have average debt. I have well below average debt because I don't take on debt. Well, I mean, I think you say look up average. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I know probably for a fact. Uh, David, do you have do you feel you have average debt or below average debt? Oh, below average. I don't have credit cards or a car payment. I have a mortgage and student loan balance. That's it. Mike? Exactly right at average or just below. I mean, my biggest one right now, of course, is my uh, 
mortgage and a lot of it for me is just I haven't paid as long on it as other people have. So I owe more on it. What's the average debt, Nick? So the average American. So the average American. So I, sorry, I, I just want to be clear on this. The yep. average American holds a debt balance of $96,371, according to 2021 Experian data. Uh, the list, 96,000. 96,000. That's that's up 3.9 percent from 2020. Uh, with the 92,701, largely due to the rising balance of mortgage and auto loans. Yep. I'm below. You, yeah. you owe more than that on your house. No, I do not. Really, I owe less than ninety thousand dollars. Good for you. Um, I'm below. I'm below that, and I it's. Yeah, the property values are so personal debt. If a lot of it is sitting in mortgage debt, theoretically, if property values aren't going down, that's eh. well, but a lot of it isn't. It's in credit card debt. And, and, and I want to be, I guess I want to be kind of clear on this because I don't know the answer. Um, but it says the average American holds. Um there's then there's usually two people. So I don't know if that's 180, right? Let's just or well, 190 because 95,000 a piece. I'm mean, so I'm not sure if that's how like one household 95 or 190,000 debt for per person, right? Like, or Probably you know, is. Per, per couple. Um, and I, I guess I would bet that it is too. Um, well, yeah. I would say you have more debt because you have oh, I have many houses. If shit tons more debt, than but you know, out of the four of us here, two of us have credit cards, very much, two of us do not. Yep. Um, I don't count my credit card debt as debt. Because I pay it off every Yours, month. It's funny because yours is debt for 30, it's technically 30 debt. Day. Yours is 30 days. Correct. And then yours depends on when you look at his books. Exactly. You're, you're clean for a day. And when then was the bill paid? <laughs> it, it, you're in debt. Technically, again. I'm not even clear for a day because you know the bill comes due on, say, the 9th, mm-hmm. but the next one doesn't close until the 12th, the next billing cycle. Okay. So there's still, you know, an overlap there of yeah, I mean, not, unless you're paying the whole balance off, you're always even when you're paying the whole balance yeah. off, you could no, still be accruing charges on for the next yeah. bill. Sure. Okay. Um, and I mean I do, I pay my balances off in full. Yep. So I never count that towards my debt because to me it's not debt. Correct. I pay it all off. You're yeah, you right. And 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 that's that's the responsible way to do a credit Correct. card. That's the one thing that's might be why I get a credit card, because I will be that guy who pays us off just gets the value of the points that's uh, yeah and that's what i do um right i just went and start, i sat with chase because that is my goal this year is to get one um you know chase is offering two and to two and two percent back on everything um and if i spend ten thousand in the first three months i get a thousand bucks um and if i spend over five thousand per transaction it's actually two and a half percent back so Literally, if I walk into a flip and I know I'm getting flooring, lights, paint, blah, 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 boom, there it is. I'm getting two and a half percent back. So I'm waiting for my next flip. I'll open the credit card and then go on a spending spree and then literally just pay it off within the time frame. Well, again, we have uh, equated the debt ceiling to to credit cards. And and David makes a great distinction here is, yeah, it, it technically is not because we can't arbitrarily raise our limit. Right. So you have to call. And that's what we talked about when we described it. We described it credit card wise, but we said, hey, you have to go to a bank and say, hey, can I increase my limit? And we said, when you increase your limit, the negatives that we have is 
but it impacts your debt to income ratio, right? Yeah. Like, and so you won't get approved for other things, which is what's happening at the debt income. Hey, can I trust that you'll pay above this? Like I have you approved for this amount of money. Don't know if you're making more money to approve this. So um, that's, that's the whole point of it. And is, yeah, absolutely. And that, that add on crazy element kind of compared to the way all of us do our finances. Cause we have to, and the federal government has a different set of rules is the federal government does finances. <laughs> yeah, so, so not only does the federal government have to go through the legislative process of raising the, the debt ceiling. Right. But then it also has another process to go through of actually acquiring the cash by issuing the debt. Mm-hmm. So that, you know, that c- Congress says, yep, you can raise the dust ceiling. Great. The T- the, the uh, bond certificates, they're back. Whatever the interest rate is, great. It's been set. Boom. There's the notes. We can start doing it again. But then, the, then they have to actually sell them. That's where the cash literally comes in. And in that aspect, what American debt is really more comparable than a credit card is stock in a publicly traded corporation because a publicly traded corporation issues stock it's that it's them acquiring debt that's how they raise money when they don't mm-hmm. want to go to a bank or can or whatever reason when they don't go to a bank to borrow money yep. they can raise cash by issuing stock and so they do and they of course they've expanded the amount of people then that they have to pay dividends to but, not all pay dividends but yeah but that's <laughs> how so for the federal government for the purposes of looking at what is their debt compared to that like we might be able to think of? It's not comparable to anything, but it's more comparable to the way a private corporation issues stock than it is our credit card bill much more. Sure. And and that's a great way to look at it. Um, you know, I think it's just very hard because, you know, most people, they look at stocks just as, hey, my money goes in and goes up or down. They don't realize that, hey, Tesla, when I give them money, they're op- they're opening a plant. Amazon, they're opening a plant. Instead of going to a bank, they just go to, we talk about it all the time. They they syndicate the money and say, hey, if you want to throw in money, we'll just, yep. And if it goes up, you get paid. If it goes down, sucks to suck. Yep. Like, but here, we're, and so you're betting on that company that, hey, yes, you're going to keep growing. You're going to do this. And um, so I, I just think that most people, when I talk to them, hey, what is a stock? Oh, it's just, you put it in the market and it gains you money over time. No, I mean, but what is it? No, it's really you're lending to that specific company. Let's be very clear about that. And you own yeah. a little piece of that company. Right. Exactly. You, can, you have zero rights, unless, you know. So yeah. you have voting rights, kind of like you do. And that depends. That depends on how many shares you own, what right. are the governance laws of that corporation. And, and all of that has, you know, a regulatory component too that usually depend upon the size of the corporation how much money they have but yeah so that that thing about the federal government that is again this goes back to this idea that because they print their own money and and or or can produce it let's just say that and i had messaged dave i that i might get to talk about modern economic or what's it called modern monetary theory yeah I, I did want you to get into this so modern monetary theory until a year ago would have been all the rage depending on which uh university uh economics department you were in 
although it never quite caught on to everybody. Now, the reason why I set up to a year ago is because inflation seems to have, and I'm not an economist, I'm a historian, the two are not the same thing, but let's just say this. One of the fundamental aspects of modern monetary theory is that debt is not a bad thing. It's not actually what causes inflation unless it's so far out of whack to what the country's um, e overall economic value is. So modern economic, modern monetary theory, the simplest way I can explain it is, and it was actually a stock broker on Wall Street that came up with this. The theory behind this is really best explained by the way everybody else thinks of money. So monetary theory is, it's the theory of money, money that's not backed by gold or silver in this case. And most conventional economics tells you that money is worse, cash money that's not backed by gold or silver has a value because I can go into a store and get something with it. It's faith, right? Dave, you mentioned that a few minutes ago. Mm -hmm. So the faith of an economy taking that dollar is what makes it valuable. And therefore, that dollar may not be worth gold nuggets anymore, but it is actually worth something because I can get a physical object. I can buy these headphones. If I hand somebody $150 bills, he will give me this in return. So I get stuff with it. And in that aspect, the money is still being, um, it's still val something of value, a mm -hmm. good. Modern monetary theory says, actually, think of money as having a reverse association with the goods and services of the economy. The money is applied to the service to make it worth something, not the other way around. Okay. In other words, instead of the um, money being worth something because I get the service for it, I've made the service worth something by making it payable to acquire. So basically, modern monetary theory is that a service-oriented economy is valued differently than a goods-oriented or a manufacturing-oriented economy. And because of that, the money is actually something that you have to essentially invent to entice people to produce the service because you're applying a tangible item at that point to something that's otherwise doesn't have a tangible value to it. That's it. Now, what the reason why this was a big deal is because modern monetary theorists like, I'm going to hold my book up, Stephanie Kelton. She is a professor of economics at Harvard. She was. She worked in the Obama administration. Kelton was one of the biggest proponents of the theory. And half of her book right here talks all about why. The, the book, by the way, is called The Deficit Myth, for those of you that are listening and not viewing. The author is Stephanie Kelton. Her last name is K-E-L-T-O-N. And Kelton was an economic advisor of the Obama administration. She was an econ prof at Harvard. And half her book talks about why debt isn't even a, it's a non-issue unless it it ever got the uh, 
currency so devalued that it truly was worthless. But she she thought that debt would have to so far away exceed anything the United States has ever had to get to that point. That it wasn't feasible to happen. But she also puts an argument in there on a less extreme of it that even inflation isn't likely to happen under high levels of debt in a service-oriented economy because you're always able to sort of manipulate what the service is worth by you affixing the value to it through the dollar. Well, hey, the last year, I mean, inflation was double digits last year. So now it's looking like, okay, maybe that's wrong, actually. Maybe the government did actually spend too much money and it had an impact on the economy a lot more than Kelton would have thought. I don't know. I'm not an economist. I'm a historian, but I'm fascinated by this theory. Sure. Um, so, you know, I, I, we, love, we love this topic. One thing that got us heated in the beginning, so I'd like to get to the heated section of this. Um, and I, I'd like to more ask questions than answer things. Um, all right. You know, so to, to me, it's really messed up the fact that you mentioned that we have until June to fix this and we're going to have issues all the way up until then. We're, we're worrying about six months from now. Like we're actually worried. Well, we're worrying about five months from now. Is, is it five months? Yeah. Sure. So we're about five months because that's how long we think. And now I guess, can you tell me what's happening, why it's not approved and you know, what, what we're kind of going through with why we're talking about this debt ceiling. Cause normally we didn't talk about it for the past we talked about it. We, never we didn't talk about it last year. We didn't talk about last year. We didn't talk about it the, the year before the, the Trump thing. For yeah, the we didn't times. talk about the Trump administration doing so, it. We haven't talked. To, we haven't talked about it as a country since Obama. Right. But so, so I guess why? Why are we? Why is it important right now? I mean, we just talked about why it's important. <clears throat> but what's happening that's making it so, so it's not just a guarantee? I, I'm going to throw in my two cents and, and bash Republicans like I like to do, and please, and, and then I'll I'll hear the professor's answers. So, um, Kevin McCarthy to get. The, enough votes to become speaker of the house promised a bunch of fringe insane people yep. that he would push their agenda okay and for example you know they can hold the debt ceiling hostage to cut spending in areas they don't like spending like medicare or social security they can one of the things we talked about on our free floating hostility episode of um their their newest idea is let's get rid of all taxes except for a 30% sales tax, which only hurts poor people, which seems to be the Republican agenda is to fuck poor people, which irritates me because they're poor. Let's dumb it down. Uh, how how does it how does it only affect poor people, David? It mostly affects poor people because they are the people that are spending money to move the economy. So I'm a, I'm Elon Musk. Yep. I'm spending money, you know, normally because I'm buying companies and shit. Mm -hmm. But most of my money is going to go into a bank or the stock market or some kind of investment tool to make me more money. Sure. Okay. Me as who I am, I take, let's say, 15% of what I make and I put it into investments because I want to retire by the time I'm 60. Yep. And how much is he taking? 90? Maybe. Sure. Probably. Let's just say, I mean, right? So yeah. Like, he's investing 90% of his money. You're investing 15. I'm, right. And now you look at a poor person, you know, some of the people we've had on for debt episodes. Now, I, I wouldn't say, you know, necessarily Vanessa, because Vanessa's, you know, holding her own. 
but <clears throat> thinking of somebody specifically, you know, who was a friend of mine that called me last night, um, they're putting nothing in investments because they have no money. All of their money goes to pay for housing and food and the normal stuff they're, that people buy. They're spending all of it. And Correct. Yeah. And, so okay. they're, that, that sort of it is a poor person spends most of his income. So on, taxing on, sales on is taxing spending. So you're taxing most of his income at a very high rate yep. compared to Elon Musk will never buy in his entire life anywhere near the amount of consumer goods measured as overall value to the economy that just the people in my neighborhood will buy. Yeah. Not even close. So even if he did spend all of his income and we could tax that, it wouldn't matter. It's never going to come anywhere near the level that we could get if we had an income tax that disproportionately taxed him instead of me. Yeah. And 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 that's the whole thing to me is and, and I got into it because um all right, so you're making you're making you're making a million dollars a year. Okay. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's people that do it. There's Plenty of people that make a million dollars a year. Okay, um, we we wrote it down. The average the average weekly budget for thrift buying of groceries for a traditional family is two hundred and thirty five dollars per week. Okay, um, so let's just that that's thrift buying. So I mean, and you figure traditional families like three and a quarter lives or three and a third lives somewhere in that range. Yeah, four, four people, right? Um, now. If we're doing we're doing state taxes six percent we talked about for us and our and our but adding thirty percent tax onto that, so we're adding an eighty four dollar tax onto that. Now for you eighty four bucks and for me eighty four bucks is I mean that's a shit ton more money. Yeah. Now if you're okay, sure. Now you're Elon Musk and you're buying fucking ribeyes and that's what you're eating per week. Granted, you have a chef that's making it, but the fact is, is like so yours is five hundred dollars. Okay. Now you've spent. $200 in taxes versus the $100 in tax. Um, you're making a million, you're making 30,000, right? The average, the average person is making $39,000 a year or something like that. Um, <clears throat> so like you're getting, you're getting taxed on things that you buy and the, the poor people are only buying things. I mean, they're not only buying, but like they're buying things to get through their life, cars, food, stuff like that. Now the rich people goods and services. Correct. Good, you know, rich people, they're investing, they're buying businesses, they're doing, and they don't want to tax any of that, right? They want Gentex Corporation to be be, be tax-free. Yes. They want to treat them as a church. <laughs> so I mean, they really do. That's exactly it. They, they, want, they don't want an estate tax anymore. Not because when I die, my family will get, you know, five hundred thousand dollars, but because when Elon Musk dies, his family will get eighteen billion or whatever. Yep. yep. So, um, right, they're holding they're holding that over over the head right now because they want to get rid of <clears throat> Social Security. Mm -hmm. They want to get rid of Medicaid, Medi Medicare, Medicaid, Medicare, and they want yeah. to get rid of the IRS. Yes. What what you have with with the Republican Party is, and I this is just a statement of fact. It's not an opinion. Is a completely discombobulated smorgasbord of uh, well, to quote. And the cite the work of uh, a uh, a sociologist out in California. His name is Todd Gitlin. He's it's the competing libertarians that are completely at odds with one another. The social libertarians and the economic libertarians. 
And right now, the Republican Party has people that think they can be both. And the very nature of economic libertarianism runs completely counter to a society that also purports to structure itself on Christian ethics, completely contradictory to one another, but yet they're trying to make it work, okay? And But it's completely false, too, because the Republican Party spends money like there's absolutely no tomorrow. They're anything but the party of small government at any level of their end, state, local, or federal. They never have been. Ronald Reagan was the 20th century president that absolutely exploded the debt every bit as much as FDR did, and that wasn't even during World War. And he was a Republican. Republicans just spend money on different stuff. They know that small government is a term that people that they think are stupid will swallow in some type of dog whistle, you know, secret speak of those people versus you. But actually, most people aren't stupid. And when they look at their record when they're in power, they're like, wow, these guys are small government, but holy moly, they spend money like there's no tomorrow. So that whole libertarian part of it then just becomes false. And to me, the debt ceiling thing is like the ultimate example of this. They, most of the extra debt the U.S. has taken on over the last five, six, 10 years happened, you know, split very evenly between Obama and Trump. <laughs> they both were administrations that signed budgets that Congress is that more than they weren't, were actually majority Republicans. And this is the money then that now uh, has come due. And they're going to, I don't know, think it's like 1995 again. The first time the Republicans pulled this off, tried to do this was in 1995. And that time it wasn't, they weren't going to borrow more money. They just weren't going to do anything. They shut the government down. They couldn't get a budget agreed to. And that's happened since then. I suspect what's going to happen this time is, I think that they're going to, probably push it even closer than they did um, when Moody's, an investment firm, did actually downgrade American Bond uh, about 15 years ago, I think it was, and or 10 years ago. I could see that happening again, then pushing it right up to the right up to the limit. The last time they did that, Congress passed a law that theoretically may allow the treasury to mint a coin that has a face value of however much money they need to borrow and deposit that coin into the appropriate treasury account then that can issue bonds off of it and i kid you not that is one possibility if it ever got down to that that the treasury department has said that they can do uh, based on a law that Congress passed or modified a few years ago. Right now, they're they're taking bills that they would normally pay now that are due in October, and they're not going to pay them right now. They're going to pay the bills that are normally due in May <laughs> instead and hope to God they've got the money in the accounts by then. Well, I want to hit on two things that I'm thinking of here. So the people that David is describing here as, as social and economic libertarians are the same people that think fascists and communists are the same fucking thing, even though they're completely different ideologies. Yeah, one tried killing the other. <laughs> Correct. And if you don't know what we're talking about, the Nazis invaded the Soviet Union. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, um, and thought that the entire uh, population of Jews in the world were communists that wanted yes. to kill everybody else. I mean, that's what they were. Yeah. Well, and you know, I I love to rail on Reagan here because again, I I think the the biggest injustice done was changing the tax code. You know, early in his presidency because his corporate overlords did not like if you made over $10 million, you got taxed at 95% of everything over it, which that allowed this nation to actually prosper. You know, you we talked about it before David came on. Interest rates in 1981 were about 19% to get a mortgage. Mm -hmm. But That's that right. wasn't an issue for workers in 1981 because they were making enough money at that time, you know, even if they were making, let's say five bucks an hour, they were making enough money to cover that mortgage, cover a vehicle, which you looked up a brand new truck with four wheel drive was $9,000. Right. You know, a house, an average house was 30, $35,000. Which, and those prices had doubled in the previous, uh, all like 10, 15 years. Yeah. That was the last time you had high inflation, but yes, that is exactly what happened. Dave is the, the wage lag Back then, I think it, it it just looks like it was truly a leg back then. I say that because wages went up a lot last year, average around the country more than they had in like 40 years. And in the 70s, um, when you had high inflation, then the leg, I think, was longer. And But back then, you also, obviously, it wasn't that long because eventually the wages did catch up. And remember, you still had organized labor in this country back then in the private mm -hmm. sector and they had power to get pay raises and get them quick there are hardly any unions left in this country and none virtually none in the private sector except for a few industries like aerospace and auto production but all of the um although again over the last year this has actually reversed itself in a trend and going another way it hasn't in 40 years but still 40 years ago a lot of people were working in union environments. And so when contracts came up for renegotiation, they got these big pay raises. And actually, there's an economic argument that says, well, that prolongs inflation. But then on the other hand, you look at what happened in that really bad inflationary period, the wages caught up and eventually energy prices plummeted. That's actually what caused inflation to begin with back then. That was the root cause of it. Kind of like now, where the root cause of this inflation is mostly commodity price fluctuation, um, and uh, it, everything balanced out. I suspect that's what's going to happen this time. I don't know how long it'll take. I mean, that you had high inflation from the like 1973, 1974, right on through about 83 or 84. So you had 10 years then of high inflation. So that brand new pickup truck in 1981, it was you know, they, they say the CEO is the most important person in the company. He's the one that runs the company. He's the one that ha makes every decision. Elon Musk is currently the CEO of four companies. Yes. So if he's so damn important, how is he that important to four companies when he has to divide his time up between four different companies? Yep. And, and he's not, not sleeping. No, he absolutely right. is sleeping. Now, he might be an odd person that only needs four or five hours of sleep a night. Right. 
But I mean, let's take 16 hours because, you know, that's normal eight hours and you split it up by four. You can devote four hours a day to one company. You know, let's say he sleeps a lot or doesn't sleep a lot. He, he's, he gets four hours a night. Even if, even if you he, can give five hours to a, one company per day. Right. I mean, even so exactly five hours per day per company. Yeah. For and, and, five times five is 25. That's 25 hours a week. Yep. And, and he's making millions of dollars every year to be the CEO of those four companies. Huh? Well, each company. Yeah. Twitter was bought. Right. I mean, so yeah, he bought it and, yeah, so it destroys Dave. What you're doing is to throw my snooty academic terminology in. Is you are have just deconstructed the argument for meritocracy because if we were a meritocracy, Dave's argument logically concludes that Mr. Musk is certainly not pulling his own weight at any of the companies he's heading because he's not even he's just barely going over half time. Per right, if so, if, yeah. Yeah, if so, even if it's a straight, if it's a straight meritocracy, maybe we only pay him half what a normal CEO would make for each, and even better would be to do what we would do to one of our salaried professionals is we would threaten them with termination for uh, severe underperformance of the job. My my wife needs her job, so. Um, I'm not going to name the company, but I will say we went to her five, five year, 10 year, whatever it was, congratulations party. And I look up the CEO of the company and, and he was making, let's just say $300,000. Right. I was like, man, all right. And within the five years that she was there, so it was five years. Yep. So within the five years, he was making $720,000 a year. And I said, wow, hmm. double, double the pay. Right. I said, I said, all right, you started out at, and let's just throw out stupid numbers. You started out at $20 an hour. Five years has gone by. How much are you making? And she's like, well, I make $21.75. So let me get this right. How is that fair? How is that possible? Like, do you think he worked any more than you did? Like, how, how did his pay double and somehow yours went up? Two percent, right? I mean, really, it's you know, or ten percent. You know, how how, how did his go one hundred percent and yours go two percent or ten percent? Excuse me, two dollars. So, yeah, um, you know, it, it, and you look at that, and that happens so often, so much, um, to yeah. where it, it's yeah. you wonder, you wonder why you know these these people are hating CEOs. Well, and now that you um. If you didn't get a 10% pay raise last year, which, you know, most people didn't, I, a lot of people got a 4% or a 3%, but not if 10%, any, if any. Well, so if you didn't get a 10% pay raise last year, you are functionally poorer now than you were last year. That's correct. Right. And, and that's going to be the case. So in the case of the CEO here, not only is he, your wife is still, well, she's functionally, she didn't get a raise, right? She's neutral, more or less, where she yep. would have been when she got hired. Well, inflation, inflation was 6.5. Yeah. Right. So, so, so that, but the CEO, I mean, boy, he's done a lot better than inflation, hasn't he? Right. It's, it's funny mean, how that works. Yeah. Um, yeah. He did good on that one. I, it's, and it's, you know, publicly traded companies are different. 
then privately held and oh. and I think in Fortune 500 companies, I the statistic is quite amazing. I think it's like the average CEO, his salary is it equals the um, he's earned as much during the year off his salary as the average employee. I think after like the second week of the year or oh, mid, midway through the second work week of the year, right? So yep. his average employee works to the end of the year and this guy's made that much money after, you know, Wednesday of the second week. It's it's quite oh, amazing. Uh, say that, that's just crazy to think about. I was watching one, it was Jay Leno. He was on the... Did I send that sure to you? That um, right. He was making, he's like, look, I'm making $30 million. Um, and uh, he goes, all right. The, the company, NBC, whoever he was on, was like, hey, we need to lay off half the people. We can't afford this. And he's like, what? And he goes, all right, who here thinks I should take a, a 50% pay cut and make 15 million? And he goes, damn, I got outvoted real quick. And he goes, so, you know, I, I take a huge pay cut. And he goes, tell you what. I was so happy when the people came up to me and they're like, Hey, look at my new house. I bought, look at the car I'm, I'm driving. I'm, I'm very happy. And he goes, hey, I'm making 15 fucking million. He goes, I literally can't spend it. He goes, I have the car. And we know that Jay Leno spends money. I mean, I've seen the cars that he has, you know, he's got double dual polys on the back. Um, well, and he had said that, you know, the attitude of everybody changed when he did that. Yep. It, he could just see everybody was just happier at work and they actually cared more about being there because again, he invested in them. Right. He put his money where his mouth was and he said, you know what? You're my employees. You're important to me. If you think I should take a 50% pay cut to keep all of you on say so. Right. And they all said, yeah, you should do that. And he went, all right, deal. Yeah. There's not a lot of places <clears throat> to do that. I've read, uh, I think as the Detroit free press, I read an absolutely amazing. I, I had to stop. Did I just read that? Um, editorial. One of the, so the company that owns the Detroit um, Free Press. Sure. I can't remember the name. Wait, who? What's that? No, was, sorry. Didn't, well, they, I, I, thought, I thought Elon Musk bought like the New York Times or something like that. Or he uh, not, no. bought the Washington no, Post. Yeah. There you so go. So the, the company that owns the Detroit, Detroit. Free Press, yeah. they're a, you know, big national media conglomerate i can't remember the name of them, but anyways they um <clears throat> that pretty sure it was that paper i was reading the other day and the now former uh vice president of the company in his op-ed said well my boss told me that i was going to have to fire um this many people basically to save his salary and i said i'm not going to do it so i'm resigning yeah done and uh, basically put in the op-ed that he was calling what will soon be his former boss out to say, and this money ain't going to you. Um, it goes to them. I thought, wow, that's really powerful. I mean, the guy must have been towards the end of his career and, and figured this was an interesting way to bow out. I Kudos to him, I guess, but it's, I got to imagine that's the rarity, but it gets to the point of how big of a social issue this is, and I suspect it wouldn't this, I suspect, I know, this is why the debt ceiling now, right now, seems to take on a different kind of tone of discussion because every time the debt ceiling comes up, it seems that the issue of inequality 
is like peeking around the corner because inequality in at the every Jane and Joe level, a lot of people see the debt involved in that. And uh, so that word pops in their mind and they look at this and they think, oh my God, it's really something that the, how the political dynamics changed the, you know, the context of what actually is a discussion that strictly subject matter wise, we've had many times. Well, and I'd love to go okay. back and, and reiterate what you said earlier. Um, right. I mean, the debt ceiling in theory, uh, the federal government is, is nothing about politics, right? It is strictly um, a financial, you know, it's a financial thing. Um, and so, but like, there's so much going into a political stance of this, right? I, I, I mean, we all wish that this wasn't a thing. Like we wish that the financial gurus of the world would actually just take over and be the financial person. Granted, we'd all live on rice and beans and beans and rice. Excuse me. Ain't that right, Dave Ramsey? Um, <laughs> until we're out of debt. But, um, you know, like there, there, there has to be this happy medium um, where, where we have, where we have these people not being able to hold this power to be able to sign things. And I'm glad that you brought up the the coin where where they're allowed to mint and it's the amount of money. Uh, and that was one of the greatest things, or you know, it's not one of the greatest things. It is one of the most powerful things that we're allowed to do to save our own ass. Because guess what? We we as a nation can pay our debts. <clears throat> Granted, we are in debt up to trillions, and people will say, Hey, you can't. No, like in theory, if we had to sell off the US, this is how much we're worth in a sense, and we'll still make some money. Everybody will get a dollar in their pocket. If you leave this world with a dollar in your pocket, you're better than most of the world. So you've made money on your investment. Um, it's not, it's not, it's not F you money that people think. Um, so I just I you know, I, I'd like to be clear about that, where you know, when you look at it, we we they did that, right? They held us and said, Hey, you can't sit here and tell me that I can't pay my debt. I'm going to step in. We're not going to step in until the last minute. And, and, but I hope that somebody just trumps it. Granted, we talked about, you weren't on here for that. We started our episode with, uh, or no, we started our, our bitching episode, uh, Brett Kavanaugh. We really hope that he gets kicked off. Hopefully let's make it happen. But, um, if that happens, right, things will change so much more. Um, we're hoping for the better of, of the people. So I want yeah, to, I, I wasn't on that episode. I, I highly doubt it happens. He'd have to be, he'd have to either quit or um, be impeached. He could be removed, but the he, Senate impeachment process is almost identical. Um, and to the president, including the fact to take two thirds to boot him off, which wouldn't happen. So well, I, right. I don't know. I, I think that, <clears throat> It's unfortunate, but yeah, we'll see. I, I want to call back to the CEO pay mm -hmm. sure. because I love numbers. Um, in 1965, CEOs made 21 to 1 over what the average worker made okay. at the company. In 1989, which was the first year of the first Bush presidency, okay. it tripled 61 to 1. Wow. Wow, really? 1660. From 1978 to 2020, it grew 1.322%. Every year? No, from one to the other. Okay. Huh. 
Wow. Top 1% earnings growth, which was 341% between 1978 and 2019. Yep. That's, and the economist Paul Krugman, and I guess this will be my closing point for the evening because I got to run, but the eco- economist Paul Krugman, who taught at Princeton and uh, uh, what's the one in New York, Columbia. Mm-hmm. And then he um, he's also <laughs> written for the New York Times for a long time. Um, he won a Nobel Prize in economics, actually. It had nothing to do with that. It was about imports and exports, I think. But anyways, or free trade. He always says that that, what you're talking about, Dave, right there. He says, Paul Coogan says, that is it. That is why the United States has had such a change economically is because that huge gap in pay at within companies and the fact that boards of directors of corporations approve it, that CEOs expect it, that the culture expects it, and that shareholders look at <clears throat> that is okay as long as they get to use companies as piggy banks. They don't always look at them as the type of investment anymore that we talked about at the beginning here when I came on anyways, that he says this has all led to corporations being structured just to make a few really top level executives rich and the largest shareholders, nobody else matters. And he says that's not how business used to be conducted in this country. He says the tax structure used to incentivize against that. And it doesn't anymore. Well, and I, I want to make I want to yeah. make a correction, not to interrupt David here. For Go me, ahead. But Go ahead. Because I can't see. I said one point three two two, one thousand three hundred and twenty two percent. Yeah. Oh. Over okay. over that time. So over that time, and we're average workers eighteen percent increase. Sure. Yeah. That's that's insane. That's yeah. Insane. It's what two hundred um, times as much something like increase. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, 70, yeah. So almost 74 times yeah. what workers yeah. did. And Dave, that's, so Paul Krugman, he, mm-hmm. the book he wrote called The Great uh, Divergence, it's exactly what it's about. Mm-hmm. And he says between <clears throat> 1930 and 1970, he, he had what he called the Great Convergence. The big, super huge high fortunes went away. And then after the war, the really desperate poor went away and and the country had a middle class. And he says part of the reason for that is because wages went up high after the war because unions negotiated it. And the tax structure was set up in a way that disincentivized corporations from paying CEOs that type of salary because the CEO would be disincentivized for taking it. Partially because if he made too much money, yes, he was taxed very high on it. So Krugman says this all changed in the 80s. Mm-hmm. And surprise, surprise, it correlates very neatly with the gap in rich and poor, the decrease in average people's wages that no longer keeps up with inflation. And Krugman says that the inflation in the 70s, as bad as it was, was really the that was it for American wage growth. After that, no more. And the numbers prove it. And I remember years ago, and I'm going to part ways with you soon, but I remember years ago having a conversation in one of the grocery stores I worked at with a person who had worked there for a long time. And 
I did some math because we were talking about wages, what we made, and how he worked there a long time and told me all about what he got hired in it, what he made now. And you know, I'm like 16 or 17, and even I can do some quick little high school math in my head. And I'm thinking to myself, my God, like that guy's never actually really had a raise. And he's worked here for like 20 years. Oh my yeah. God, this would be horrible. Yeah. And that was like an aha moment for me. I, you know, um, and, and just proving that point. So when I started at Gentex, there was a big issue that happened. So I got hired in temporary $10 an hour, got hired in for $11 an hour, got my promotion within the first couple of weeks back into the warehouse level D at 1355 or something, 1350 an hour. Um, so I'm sitting in a break room and guys that have been there for seven years, they're like, oh man, what do you make or whatever? And blah, blah. And I was like, oh, I got 1350 dude gets pissed he's been there seven years and he's come to find out he only makes 13 45 an hour mm -hmm. he's been there seven years and so i he went and bitched started this huge thing throughout all of gentex actually they went and paid back everybody five cents an hour for who know it wasn't very long but like guys walked away with like two hundred dollar check or whatever because they made them up to where i was making because hey that's the new higher end thing because people aren't doing that um you know i say before you go um i say do you have much more that you want to hit on um i probably got another five or ten minutes maybe okay. um let's okay. say but you know we want to go back to the uh the 30 percent that the republicans are trying to yeah, make okay. this spending uh average household spends on average sixty one thousand three hundred thirty four, um which turns out if you add 30 percent, that's eighteen thousand dollars in taxes a year that's the difference between the rich people being able to afford it and the poor people. Cause you're still going to spend that average. Mm -hmm. I now can't, I now have 18,000 above. I'm not poor. I can't yeah. afford that. No. Like, and so, I don't know many people that can. Right. I mean, that's right now when the prices are <clears throat> skyrocketing because of inflation, that's actually a recipe for a economic disaster. If you, pay, if you my, pass that law and did it yeah. right after you, defaulted on the nation's debt oh yeah i, I mean you talk about e incompetence i mean you you would not want to see that that's the type of thing that happened in argentina um in the that's... early part of the last century and argentina has never, never recovered recovered from yep, it that's um 100 years ago and it has never recovered from it so guys yeah. i gotta run but sure. it's been very good so thank you for inviting me on Absolutely. Thank you so much. We uh, will see you in a couple of weeks in studio yes. with your brother. I can't wait. We Dan can't either. Talk Thank about you so much for hopping on and giving us your okay. wealth of knowledge. You betcha. You guys take care and we'll see you soon. Take care. Sounds good. Yep. Bye-bye. Uh, you know, but the whole point of that is uh, middle class is going to go away, right? Yeah. Like, that's just. Well, I mean, it really has in the last 40 years. It's It's gone. I mean, it's gone down. It hasn't gone away yet. Right? Okay. So I know what I make. Yep. Uh, we combined, Don and I make about one hundred and fifteen thousand a year. Yep. I consider us lower middle class. Mm, so, and you'd be, yeah, you'd be, you'd be lower of the middle. Yes, for sure. Um, uh, Mike, what do you consider yourself? I don't want you to give salary or anything, but what do you consider yourself? I mean, I would probably consider myself at the lower part of middle class. I think if I wasn't paying child support, I'd be higher up. Just mm -hmm. because, again, I mean, I did some quick math, and I mean, 
from what I did, I've been at my job for, and it kind of goes with what Nick had said, you know, Courtney in the last five years or whatever, her wage has increased. At like 10%, I think was what you got. Yeah, 10%, $2. In the 25 years I have worked from what I started to what I'm making now, again, without giving numbers, a little over 700%. Oh, wow. Okay. But I've Shit. gone from making not a lot to being paid like very, sure. very well to the point well, again, like if it wasn't for <laughs> a lot of child support, I would be very well off. And it's funny. So 427%. I say it's funny, but it's not. 28%. Wow. Um, it's not funny. I keep saying that word, but. Um, right, Ironic. Exactly. The, yeah. the middle, you know, middle class, middle class is technically described as 47,000 all the way up to 141 mm-hmm. per household. Which is insane. because it's. I, I would never, ever think anybody at 41,000 is middle class. 40, 141,000. No, this is forty seven. Sorry, forty seven. Okay, forty seven. I would never. No, no, they're lower class. Right, like and we also had before. the one that we counted out that if you looked at what they consider poverty in the United States for just like a single person, eighteen thousand or something like that. Yeah, like that's fourteen. When you average it out, it's below minimum wage. Yeah, which well, means, taxes, taxes will take you out of it. So, um. You know, I, I, I think that what we're getting at is, you know, the the idea that, okay, so that's the thing that bothered me. Um, in order to pass things, you have to put other things in there to get it, get your stuff passed. Like, yeah. I, I want to vote on everything specifically, individually. And you know what, if you're if you're working in Congress and you're doing all these things, you're, you're voting all day, right? You get a sheet. This is what we're voting on today. It's 55 things. Yes, no, yes, no, yes, no. If we have a middle, we throw it off to the next thing. We set Fridays for our negotiations of what didn't approve and what got up, you know, what didn't didn't get approved. But literally, unfortunately, it's not what happens. They vote on it, but but things things need to change for that, right? Well, and you know, Mike, you're hitting on it right now. That's not what happens because there's there's really no money in it for them. And we're at a point where politicians, Republicans, and Democrats really overwhelmingly are looking out for whatever is in their household's best interest not necessarily what's in their constituents best interest and and not even always just household it's household and who's ever their primary funders yes that's what they worry about and and, and i would agree with you it's both parts and and what just at least from the perspective of democrats at least in most of those cases it's you know, areas that have kind of social justice and things like that as kind of a core building. Yeah, you're much more likely to have Democrats actually caring about what's happening to people. Yeah. Whereas you don't get that from the other side. No. You know, they're they're worried about what's happening to the church or the religious people or yeah, you know, you, businesses. It, it, the professor said it right before he left. He said if we default on our loan and we pass this huge, you know, income tax thing, you know, it's going to put, and I mean, he brought up Argentina. I mean, one of the things that happened with Argentina in recovering from that was a period of dictatorship. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, there's that certain group of people in our country that would not mind this being a dictatorship. What would you put that percentage at in your mind? 
I would say it's at least 15%. I'd say it's high. I'd, I'd probably put it at 30 to 35. And that could very well be. I, I would say, Nick, what we're saying right now is the percentage of people in this country that would like to see us as a dictatorship. And I'm thinking 30 to 35%, honestly. And it's probably that high. Say, I guess thinking about, about it, half of I never really thought about it. Um, but, right, I mean, I, I probably agree with you. Like, yeah. Like, well, I, I mean, mean how it, many? It, it's probably that high, but only about half of them are willing to actually know what the hell they're talking about. about. What's that? Well, to actually talk about it. Yeah. Because yes. those are those people you mentioned, those are those extremely, you know, Trumpy people who yes. are. That's the Oath Keepers, the Proud Boys, yep. those types of factions that are sitting yep. there saying those things. Again, I, the number of women that came out in 2020 and said, I'll give up women's right to vote if that means Trump will stay president for my lifetime. Okay, you're an idiot. Yeah. Because well, there's no politician I would give up my right to vote for. None. I don't give a fuck who they are. Zip zero zero nada. Yeah. Nope. I, I, would, I would give a shit who they are. I would do it for Hedy. I might do it for Hendy. I still wouldn't would. even do that. Well, I'm granted his, at his age. He's yeah, I mean, I probably. Yeah. Oh, I mean, is he, is he only 70? Hopefully he's got another 15, 20 good years. Let's go on a tangent. Shh. All right. Yeah, because I had another tangent, but go on. Hendy called me the other day. Good. And he got good news on his heart, finally. I'm awesome. His Thanks. medication is working. Good. I used- um. He still doesn't feel any better, but his heart's working the way it should. Oh, yeah. And he's gaining weight, which he's pissed off about. <laughs> um, I just went and used the restroom. I excused myself from the podcast for yes. 20 seconds. Uh, you guys have a new sign on the door. We do. Um, it, it, I don't know. It's like it's got a man, a woman. I, I see the fucking alien, yeah. Bigfoot, um, a witch. I, like I wish I could describe to you people. What I mean, hey, have. it's 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 a uh, gender neutral, right? So we're doesn't out matter breath. what you identify as. You could use that bathroom. We're, we're out to breakfast real quick, and uh, we're the place has two restrooms, and they just have the man woman stall. Yeah, hey, both. There's no piss or any uh, urinal. Yes, yeah. <laughs> sorry, there's no urinal in either. Right, it's just a toilet. Yeah, and uh, lady comes back or whatever, and she's like, "Oh, they're male, female." She goes. I don't, she goes, I'm not gender neutral or whatever, uh, you know, and, and so like, it just, I, I'm in a fighting mood. I want people to know this. Yeah, same. And so she walks behind my wife and I was like, you don't want to say goodbye, sir. And she's like, what? And I was like, tell, tell him goodbye. She's like, what? And she goes, oh, that. And I was like, yeah. I was like, be like, Hey, sorry. I just thought I would identify you as a dude because you know what? You sitting here talking your mouth off. Oh. And uh, I just, I was like, I'm ready to start a fight. But here I, you have to ask: is, is there a Sasquatch out there? On on the one here, yes. There might be. It's, yeah. it's the last okay, one. I identify as a Sasquatch. Yeah, it's actually it was the last one, which I thought there's, was hilarious. There's a reason she bought that, because in one of the reviews we got, it was said that we were. They complained about the fact that the answer on the bathroom is the only one we have. Yes. And then we were called uh, discriminatory for that answer. So Don wanted to make sure there's no way we could be discriminatory because obviously the man woman on there wasn't clear enough. Yeah. So now everything is on there. So we're not discriminating against anything. It was just stupid anything. people. Right. So, just stupid like, people. Like I swear to God, if I see an ant in there, 
I'm backing out. I'm gonna be like, nope, sorry, you must be using like yeah. guys. All right, so I, I know this is a fun tangent for me. Four, eight, twelve. Uh, there's probably sixteen different characters on this thing, and it's just I don't, I have, I don't think I've seen it. I don't think I've been here. So you haven't. It just got hung up this weekend. <laughs> so I just I'll probably I be was... up this weekend, so I'll probably see it. Um, yeah. By the way, we'd like you to work Saturday if you can. All right, I'll be here. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So my favorite TikTok ever got taken down oh man dude, honestly the amount of things you send me that by the time i get to them it's like this video is unavailable there are a lot of that but so this is what i did oh because oh, I, I stitched some stupid young blonde bitch i don't care that she's blonde but she's stupid going how am i going to teach my children about these gender bathroom things and i all i said you're going to call it a bathroom you fucking potato. Yeah, I guess yeah, I because again, just a fucking bathroom. You know what? Who takes the leak in my bathroom? Anybody that's at my house. I don't give a fuck what they are. Right. They can have a vagina, they can have a dick, they can pee out of their fucking nose. I don't give a shit. The bathroom's there, use it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> just make sure you hit the <laughs> yeah. hit the water. <laughs> in the water, not all over. During your a picture of your airing of grievances part of the episode yes uh when nick you were making the comment about you know you don't feel like you can like say what you want to say because you're really frustrated about things why can't you because 25 percent of the population is doing it right now anyway yeah i mean true um i don't don't... people that say i don't want to do that for you because you're an idiot no and and it's because the way you just said that is a more respectful way than I would ever say anything yes. in the ways that I would like, that's why I can't. Right. Because, and and I, it's taken me years. People don't understand like how much I've grown up. I didn't realize I was a child. Okay. People would be like, Hey, you're acting like a child. And I'd tell himself. Yeah. And then, you know, later I'd be like, well, I probably could have just been like, I'm glad you had that opinion. And, right. Like you can answer things without telling people to go after themselves. The- I didn't learn that for long, but anyway, so back to this quick topic. It's the far sure. left one we can, at the bottom of it, yeah. We can we can hop off. Um but so I, I want to uh you know I want to talk about how th- this this impacts Democrats, this impacts Republicans, okay? Um this impacts liberals, this impacts conservatives, everything. Okay, so this debt yes. ceiling, this debt ceiling thing is is uh is a bigger factor than people i mean it's bigger than i can comprehend yes i only comprehend it when i live through it right um so just just like just like a recession you don't you don't if you're if you're the you're the brightest person you sell right before the recession the highest point that there possibly is you sell right then if if you do you're the lucky guy because you didn't see it coming right like now you see things and you have two choices. You ride it out or you, right? I mean, or or you, you ride it out or sell everything at the low and then you're dumb. Well, you know, that's a good point. So my mother calls me this morning. Mm-hmm. Ring, ring. Ring, ring. Um, right. Get this text. Ring, ring. <laughs> she goes, yeah, Scott said we're in a recession. Scott's your financial advisor. Yep. Because there was too much money for me to want to screw with. Um, He says we're in a recession already. What do you think? If you listen to my podcast, the answer is yes. (laughs) I said, well, I would have to look at the numbers because technically a recession is two straight quarters of a negative GDP. And I said, we were in a recession last year 
in the first and second quarter. I don't know what the third and fourth look like. And of course, we don't know what the fourth looks like yet because it hasn't come, it hasn't out. come out right. So I look at the third quarter. Mm-hmm. GDP was positive 3.5%. It was obvious. So are we in a recession right now? The answer is no. no. Like in legal legal terms, yeah. the answer is no. The answer is no. Is fourth quarter looking like shit? Yes. Is the first quarter starting out? I mean, I'm I'm I would guarantee no matter what happens with this vote, we are going to be in a, a legal recession officially. Yeah. And and we can't guarantee anything, but I will say these are my strong opinions and feelings. Well, and the question is, how bad will it be? Correct. If they push this to the limit or pass, that was one of the things. This will be past or fucked. This will be the worst recession since the depression in the 1920s and 30s. That is absolutely correct. It will be the worst economic disaster we will have nope. seen. 2008 will be a distant memory. I'll still come onto the podcast, but I will not tell you how successful I am in my business, right? Correct. It will be completely, and you guys will understand, hey, I worked my ass off to get nowhere. Like that's literally what's going to happen. So June will be the 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 point. I mean, I have the opportunity to sell, but like, and honestly, if if we don't hit it by June, I probably will sell most of my portfolio because you'll have to. Uh, education wise, I'll have to. Right? Well, it, it it's also not going to be worth in Anything. September what it's worth right now. But it won't be. It won't be for years. Correct. Okay. Not, not, you're not going to turn it around in six to eight months. You're going to turn it around in 10 to 15 years. It'll be, it'll be be, the second coming of the Great Depression. Correct. Yes. It'll it'll be more like eight years. Okay. Um, and at this moment, I have too many loans where eight years won't be enough. I could probably sell half my portfolio. Well, and how, how did we get out of the Great Depression? Uh, we pulled ourselves up by our bootstraps and fucking went to work. That's what the fuck we did. I don't know how you did it. Yeah, but the government pushed a lot of money into exactly. reopening businesses or starting tax, new businesses. Tax like, breaks. Franklin Roosevelt's New Deal. That's Oh, the New Deal was huge. I mean, Roosevelt knew how to get us out of that depression. He wasn't the president when it started. Right. But he was the one that got us out, which is why he did what no other president has ever done and could do. Yep. He won three terms. Yep. Um, he won four terms. Did he win four? He had just gotten inaugurated not long before he died for on his fourth term. Hmm. He officially got elected four times. So, Quick math. Yep. 120 months is how many years? Four, ten. Uh, ten. The Great Depression lasted 120 months. Yeah, and years. And 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 this one, because of how stupid we are, it might last longer. It might last longer. Like, yeah. um, you know what? But the my feel we'll do a whole nother episode on that. Actually, we'll just do 15 minute episodes and we should start doing just some where we have basic ideas to stay on track. <laughs> We're gonna start doing kids' episodes for adults. Um <laughs> but you know, I I I will say that if you're <laughs> if you're living a normal life and you can pay your bills, okay. So uh, there's so many things that Mr. Seawick had hit on. That I wanted to dive so much deeper into. I would absolutely love to to pick his brain, um, but right, especially on this one because he's a historian. Um, so. You know, we we talked about wages for a little bit in this episode. Okay, Detroit, 
um, all of the nurses walked out. Yeah, they, they didn't. Hey, you loved me during the pandemic, and now you're treating me like absolute shit. New York also. Was it New York? It was New York. Yeah. I don't know if Detroit, but New York. Say, it was one of the two. It was New York. Yeah. Okay. And and that was right. Like, here we go. And that's what, what did I say on the podcast? Do you want to know how to, you want to fix it? Fucking stop. Like, yeah. like, I'm not saying I'm right. All I'm saying is I'm right. <laughs> well, you know, when Mr. Seawick brought up a great point on where unions went. Very much. Who was the first? Funniest fucking thing. You know, I'm not a union guy, chief. Okay, Farva. Um, who was the first president that really had a hand in breaking unions? No idea. It was Reagan. Was it? With the air traffic controllers. Oh, nice. It was. He huh. was the first one, and he started breaking unions as much as possible because that's what his corporate overlords wanted. Uh, so here's the thing, okay? Um, my favorite is anti-union people, which is me. Mm-hmm. But when I'm in my construction things and the construction guys that bash the union people, oh, overpaid, whatever. Nope. Somebody's willing to pay it. You're just too stupid to be able to charge it. And you can't market the way that these people do. So way to go, dumbass. Like, in theory, the union, and here's how my brain looks at it. The union should be the lowest paid. Okay. Right. If if everything goes well. Right. Yeah. Uh, well, they should be. I can't call it the average, but like, I mean, yes, in theory, they should be the average. Right. But um, because there should be so many people that can self earn above what somebody else can quote for you, because, yes. hey, you know what? We'll get you 40 bucks. Well, if you can get me 40 bucks, I can get me 60 motherfucker. Like, yeah. I don't want to be an asshole. And then there's the people who, hey, again, you're you're, you're dumb enough to work for less i'll pay you and, but you'll have a little better lifestyle um you have to pay union dues and that's what everybody's worried about is fucking union issue help yours um say uh but you know so like the way i like i guess they should be they should be lower to average kind of a thing because the company should be out doing them and they should be doing this and and if the union gets more jobs guess what they're gonna pay more that's the whole point of it because they're out there marketing, they're out there doing it. Hey, you want this union guys? So unions are great. They definitely help the economy get to things because hey, this is all we'll do. This is what we're gonna do. This is the price we're gonna do it at. And you know, we see Starbucks trying to unionize, we see things trying to get there. Why um, do we have a four-hour work week? Unions. Why why do we have a five-day work week? Unions. Why do we get time off? Unions. If we didn't have those, they again, there'd be child labor. There'd be seven days a week, seven days a week, 15, 20 hour days. It, you know, it'd be, it'd be at least tens to twelves, right? I don't know. I don't know if yeah. that'd be 15 to whatever, but like a work, work life balance wouldn't even be a topic of discussion now in today's society. And so, and you know, and it's funny because. Probably out of all, like, I'm the most anti-union guy here um, because, because they've, they've dropped so much into what, you know, they're, they change into being money-hungry, greedy bastards, yeah. in my opinion, and they lost the fight for the actual person, okay? Uh, I love like politicians. Exactly. I love... Yeah, because I got to the point of, yeah, the people who were overseeing the unions, it was all about them... Um, 
getting their due and things yep, like that. getting their votes getting their everything president of the union where's jimmy hoffa <laughs> uh he's actually in the river um under the meadowlands i think so but right um he's my, he's my grandpa i saw him so, just last week you know i and, and it might it might it might take that to get back right no yeah. and and i really yeah. um you know it's funny okay so here's the thing given so my brother's an electrician mm -hmm. i don't want to say where doesn't matter is he in the brotherhood no okay funny thing right two of his really good friends definitely in it working on i'll just say it, they're working at michigan state okay right fuck dude you gotta come here making 43 bucks an hour no i like what i have my brother's that guy yeah they give me a company van i got this like 23 bucks an hour my brother thinks he's doing really well he is doing really well for what he comes from in the spec right. but he's these guys are like man 40 40 something bucks an hour i like what i got there's always somebody that's willing to take less right yeah there is and there's companies that'll profit from me for doing it so um blue cross blue shield is a union for some of their stuff which is crazy um i have a friend that's a union rep for that um and i didn't realize it so uh well, in, in healthcare, I know my answer for this. Sure. So I'm going to ask you first. At Gentex, were you fairly compensated? What you feel you were worth? Never. But the end, at the end, yes. So you got what you felt you were worth? At the end? Well, before. Not the very end. Right. Um, I felt I was making a fair wage for, what for you the did. work I was doing. Okay. At your last job, did you feel you got what you were Not worth? a chance. Ask me. Do you feel... Not a fucking chance. No fucking way. I am very underpaid. In softball? Beyond underpaid. <laughs> In your last job? Before my current job? Yep. 20 some odd years ago? Sure. Vastly underpaid. Okay, what about, what about before you went on salary with this company? I probably was getting compensated fairly before I went salary. It's wrong. You were compensated the exact same. They just took your extra from you. Correct. So, right. The difference is you felt you were making more I money. I felt like I, I felt fairly compensated because I had the ability to make what I felt I was worth. That's exactly correct. And like, that's why with Gentex. So if you, to answer my question, no, but I mean, if I worked 50 hours, I was living a fucking lavish lifestyle for something correct. I come from. Right. Correct. Everybody else would be like, oh, you know, like the higher ups are like, what's up, poor person? And I'm like, what's up, bro? <laughs> like, you know, it, it, it's it's a matter of what you limit yourself. Um, I was at a meetup. I don't care. A couple weeks ago, uh, the, the night we went really long. Yeah. The day before, I was at another long event because I, and uh, the guy, the guy goes out. All right, I'm hiring uh, somebody for fifty thousand, a uh, hundred thousand, hundred fifty thousand, two hundred thousand. I'm hiring and uh, 250,000. Yep. I'll take it. Whatever it is. Got it. He goes, look, you just limited yourself to how much you're, you're willing to make. You put a price on how much you're worth. And if you don't change that mindset and you won't, you won't learn to reach for how my brain thinks. 250. I don't think that a billion dollars. Once I get to a billion, there's a trillion. <laughs> like, right. you know what I'm saying? Like, that's how there's never it's not that it's not enough it's that 
my limitations are out there and I want to go achieve every little bit that I can. I want to ask Mike the same question. Mike, are you fairly compensated? Just say, I mean, it's kind of one of these things. But would I happily make more money? Of course. Do I feel for what I do where I'm compensated decently? I'm like, yes. Um, could I go and do a very similar job somewhere else, probably get paid more money? Yes, but would I deal with the fact of not necessarily knowing, do I have the same flexibility? Does the company care about its employees the way I feel my company cares about its employees? No. So, you know, I really don't have, I mean, yeah, like I said, I'd like to get paid more. I mean, you're dumb to sit there and say, no, I don't want to be paid any more money. Right. You know, not yeah. paying me anything more, you know. And and mine, I say mine just looked really weird. Um, I really at Gentex, I hit the mother load on perfect timing. Okay. I told you the guys made less than me, right? For whatever. Gentex like had an epiphany when I started in the sense of like, man, I was starting out higher, I did whatever. Um, you know, it, and then all of a sudden, like the the raise after that, they're like, Hey, we took our raise cap off which was bullshit but like instead of making 30 cent max you were allowed to make like 75 cents and my boss was a decent boss so i was making and then you're getting them every six months instead of a year so here i'm making a dollar 50 roughly a extra a year um within my five-year period they were like hey you know what we're making 23 percent bonuses 20 something like we're making great bonus. hey guys we've hit this for the past X amount of years, we're going to give you 5%, 5% uh, pay, pay increases just right off the top. Boom. So 5% of what I was making was really good. And then, and then I'm still getting 19% bonuses, right? Like I, we, we still hit good numbers for, for a long period of time. Um, you know, and then at the end COVID mm-hmm. that changed everything. Right. Um, and, and now that I'm talking, I still talk to a few of my friends. They're back to the, like 25 30 cents a year raises they've stopped things like they're getting their bonuses are starting to climb back up they're starting to grow as come so they'll but really during my time i hit my raises very well i hit everything very very well so well before we sign off for this one I, i'm gonna i'm gonna preface this by saying this i work very hard at my job yeah okay oh, I've, my job is a very mental job it sucks it is it is not a physically demanding job. So, I mean, I could do this until I'm 65 if I wanted to, because as long as my mind stays sharp, I can do my job. Mike, would you basically say the same thing about your job? My job is exactly like yours in that way. It is 100%, maybe 99% mental, 1% physical, in the fact that I do have to climb stairs. So, when you look at your office upstairs? Yes. And I don't take the elevator. Good for you. So, when we look at, let's say, me, you, and Mikey, yeah, who works hardest? I mean, Mikey physically works the hardest. Do you think he's fairly compensated for what he does? No. Not a chance. No. He's going to kill himself, and they're just going to replace him. At what age do you think he'll retire? Never. I mean, he'll retire when his body tells him he can't work anymore. No, or he, when he drops dead. Or when he, he drops dead. That's the thing. Is like he's not investing. He's not doing anything. He, he can never his, afford to retire. If his body will let him work, that job until he was 80 he would be working until he's 80 you know it's it's not it's ironic um i met a guy guy looks at me and he's like man 
what's your name? And I told him Nick. And he's like, what's your I was like, I was like, my brother works over at this Meyer. Guy works for Serview Success. He actually okay. works. Uh, sorry, so we'll call it Mikey's job. Um, and uh, he goes, yes, my second job. I forget what he does for a full time. So he's working like two full time jobs, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, I was like, damn. And he all of a sudden he looks at me. He's like, I told him my last name or whatever, and he's <laughs> like, oh, my wife gave you a massage, and I was like sir i've i've had three massages in my life and i i think you're thinking of some and he goes no over at this chiropractic office and i was like and it, you ever you ever like see people and not understand that two people would be together uh-huh like i you never would have guessed it not in a fucking million years kind of a thing but i was like oh that's awesome but um you know he's he's like i'm supporting until she gets her stuff going up and it's great but um it was just it it was really weird to me <laughs> so um i guess it was like if i were in a situation that i didn't have kids done the things i wanted to do like regularly outside of work there's a pretty good chance i'd have another like like real like committed part-time job where i work like 20 hours a week just to keep myself busy but again with the long-term goal of and, and i'm i'm looking- by i'm 60 and i get a lot of people at work who are like like why and i'm like i'm like i'm not even talking full retirement i'm talking more like a semi-retirement do what you want to do and and i'm looking i feel comfortable with the fact that i couldn't make like get my house fully paid off and all this other stuff to the point where if i'm making half of what i'm making now or even maybe a third of what i'm making now it feel like i can make ends meet until it's time to retire i would do it yeah, no, trust me, I'm looking for kind of the same thing just because I want to get back to my investments because yeah. I just want the end of my life to be so much better, right? Um, my life's fine, but we have the potential of the next eight years are gonna suck, right? <laughs> ten years. And the well, ten years it, and the ten years is is the most important years to me right now, <clears throat> right? Because that's my daughter is but so I'm 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 emotionally drained right now because I want to go back to work in the sense of I want to make sure that financially we're n- no problems. Um, I, in the end, I'd love to make sure that that's a guarantee. Because I'm not at the guarantee. I mean, I'm not at the guarantee. I still owe on my properties. People should know this. Nothing's a guarantee. Uh, and then there's also the part of I want to be there for my kid. Granted, I'm doing this and I'm doing other stuff. And so I'm actually gone quite a bit, uh, more sometimes more than I care. But what well, I, I kind of want to preface this. Yeah. If the economy crashes tomorrow yep. and we're in a recession worse than 2008. Yeah you're worth less than everyone because your money is tied up in properties. I mean, I probably have a bigger bank account than most people. You probably do, yeah. but the amount of losses you're taking. Oh, I'm fucking done. Like, yeah. You're, you're destroyed. So the problem is, is okay. So just, just like when I was day trading, mm-hmm. I, I have a, I have a, what do they call it? A stop, right? I have a stop loss. Send it to place. Mm-hmm. So just to throw it out there, I, I owe 70,000 bucks on my primary house. Mm-hmm. Actually, I think it's like $68,000. So I will drain myself to uh, I, I, my, my number is $70,000 in, in, in one bank account. Okay. Um, so I will literally give everything to try to make my properties last to that point to make sure I keep my promissory. But at 70000 once I once I get to that, I officially will start defaulting on loans. Sucks to say. Um, but I will, I will instantly just go pay my house off. Mm-hmm. I will make sure that my family has the house paid off. Mm-hmm. My wife can pay 
but really everything else will be defaulted. I will have zero officially be worth a net worth of, of nothing in my house. But like, that, that's how, that's how my plan is currently. I mean, I'm trying to pay my house down, but like, I don't think no matter what happens, no matter how low, because no matter how low it gets, I probably always keep 70 as my stop. Um, my stop loss, because, you know, that way I have one year's worth of, you know, cause let's say I owe 68, I have one year's worth of taxes to guarantee that I, that I have that money in the bank. So, well, you know, I'm also going to say if my job gave me a $25,000 raise right now, oh. I'm still not fairly compensated. I'm never satisfied yeah, with no, anything. You should, never, I should, see. never should be. Well, and and I think that's part of the point too. It's not that I think I'm worth $150,000 a year, but I know my worth is greater than what they're giving me. Now, could I produce more work? Yeah, give me other stuff to do. I could produce way more. Mm-hmm. But compensate me for it. Yeah, I'm I'm given this task and from March to December I'm a fucking rock star. Mm-hmm. I suck in January and February because that's when everybody renews is January. So I, I play catch up for eight weeks trying to get shit done. And, you know, Dawn asked me today, she goes, well, could you start some of this sooner? Everything I can start sooner, I do. No. But I can't order stuff before the first of the year. And at that point, you know, we're talking, I got to move a million pegs through a tiny little fucking hole. Yep. And that's it's just impossible. Yep. And, and really, you know, you can't start it until you have the specs. Yeah. Yep. And, and so, um, all right, guys, I hope you learned a bunch from this episode. Cause I, I really, it's, it's a weird topic. That's not normal for us. Um, I really enjoyed the episode. Um, as always like subscribe, share, tell your friends, tell your family. Uh, all right. So I, the mountain bogs, we'll call it that. I had the bat shit crazy. I did like that. Yeah. So I don't drink coffee, um, but it tasted like, you know, somebody put creamer in, in coffee kind yeah. of a thing. Um, apple lager. It was okay. My problem, and I'll, I'll just be honest about it. My problem is I poured it after my bat shit crazy, which is a coffee, whatever. And so I kept getting kind of notes of that yeah. in my apple. So I'd have a very strong apple. But it wasn't a fair assessment of what I drank. I did like the apple quite a bit. Yes. And because uh, you, you drank it straight out of the yeah. can. Um, a wild trip ale actually was the last thing. I, I'm enjoying it still. Uh, very, very nice beer. So uh, Mob Craft, honestly, they're, they're doing very well. They're doing great for me. I'm, I'm enjoying the fun, different flavors that they have. Um, I enjoyed my water. Yeah. Um, I, I will say that anybody that watched us tonight on Twitch, if they listen back, we are going to post this episode mm-hmm. before we post free flowing hostility yep so that'll be posted secondary uh might be in the same week i don't know we'll we'll kind of figure that out we will not be live next week that's correct because nick will be on vacation um i did have a guest lined up actually caitlin messaged me and goes can we do next tuesday and i said no because nick is out of town so she's shooting for the following tuesday with her friend yep so we'll see how that goes mike how was your water it's good any last thoughts for the people out there I think I'm good. Just, you know, realize that this is going to impact you a lot more than you might think. Yep. Well, we'll talk to you guys very, very soon. Yep. Thanks um, for joining. Any, we'll, uh... any tips and topics that you guys want, let us know. Yeah, please. We love your feedback.
you've dialed in to Fox and Brews, you might hear something you can use. Like tips on your cash or tips on the suds. You're going to want to use the smarts of these studs. Because they know the brews. And they know the box. And they know they can't help the stubborn fucks. So listen up, because shit's not funny. And save yourself some beer money. Bucks. And brews. Bucks and brews. Bucks and brews. Bucks and brews.